Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic Friday today. Uh, my name is Angie, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Bookkeeper's Voice. Today, I'm super excited about doing this episode because I'm joined once again by our amazing leader, Amy Hook. Hi, Amy. Hello. <laughs> nice to be back. Yes, and today I'm putting Amy in the hot seat but before we start, I actually want to do a special little shout out to Michelle from Seashell Bookkeeping, who I was talking to last week, and she was just saying how much she loves the podcast and how she's been a longtime listener, and um, it has been, it was really excited basically to hear this episode. So I thought I'd just do a big shout out to Michelle and Seashell Bookkeeping and just thank you for being a listener. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. So I'm going to do my normal interview intro, just like no one knows who you are because we have a heap of new listeners and um, they might actually not know a heck of a lot of about you. Yeah, um, no, that's right. Yeah. So here we go. I'm going to do my official savvy professional introduction for you. <laughs> Something cool. a bit different. That's fun. Yeah. So organized. Oh, I try to be. <laughs> so, as many of our listeners know, Amy is the director of Off the Hook Bookkeeping, which is a virtual bookkeeping practice. And it is a business that focuses helping businesses, business founders and businesses create a profitable, sustainable, and socially responsible business. And a shot off from that, she is the owner and founder of The Savvy Bookkeeper, which is what powers <laughs> the bookkeeper's voice. Um, so the reason why I thought I put Amy in the hot seat today instead of Amy interviewing someone else is because there's been a lot of new people joining us and I've listened to every single episode of the bookkeeper's voice. I love podcasts. Yeah, you, the you first really caught I up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I binged. When you started, you just too yeah, much. went through so many. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. But good way to learn how you, the new company that you're working for works. It was like. great. It was <laughs> I, and there's still ones that I reference when I talk to people. I absolutely mm -hmm. love them. There's a couple I've actually listened to twice because it had really valuable content. Um, but one thing I noticed was that you did your introduction about who you are, but you've never really spoken that much about off the hook, which is mm. such an influence into what we do at Savvy and what we talk about on the bookkeeper's voice. So, yeah, yeah. so I thought it would be fun to actually <laughs> let people know a little bit more about you and actually understand your bookkeeping journey from a yes. being owner's point of view, not the savvy owner point of view, Yes, um, which is a bit different. Yeah, that's so, right. Yes. So what I thought I'd start with is basically go in and just ask you, you know, how, how did your bookkeeping journey begin? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So I'm just wondering where to start. Cause I feel like my story has a lot, it has quite a few threads, but the most straightforward one will be, so I grew up in a family business. My mm -hmm. dad ran a business in so he called it the rag trade but what what he actually means was recycled 
recycled clothing. So, um, yeah, basically they, you know, those donation bins where you mm -hmm. put your clothes in and they collect the money and they give that, that money to charities. Well, dad's company was a, the company who received the items from the bin. They pay the charities for the contents and then they sort it out. So my dad ran that business from uh, like when I was very young, I don't know exactly what age, but I would have been like maybe three or four. So dad's like pretty much always had that business. My dad has never, he's a bit like me. He's one of those people that's never really had a proper job. He's just been a <laughs> businessman. Like he just does businesses yeah. and he, I think, you know, he likes the freedom and the lifestyle. So I grew up in that, um, yeah, that business environment. And so we used to go on school holidays and work in the factory, which I, I absolutely loved it. As you can imagine a young girl, I would run into the factory and the first thing you could see was like a mountain of clothes and we were allowed, so we would climb up the top and we'd, you know, throw them around and we'd dig holes and bury ourselves in there and stuff like that. And we were allowed to take home anything that we wanted. That would have been dangerous for me. Dangerous. As you can imagine, my yep. sister and I shared a bedroom, which is quite funny because the next, the bed, bedroom next door to it, which really should have been her bedroom, we made that room our wardrobe. Oh, so wow. we had we had a room full of wardrobes, basically, with all of these clothes, but they're all secondhand. And dad was real big on like, you know, secondhand clothes, you know they're good quality because they've survived. Yes. <laughs> so, I completely agree. Whereas these days, like I don't know if the things are sort of made of that quality anymore. You don't really know. They're much, not they're not made. So dad was really big on like not letting things go to waste. So we'd sort through everything from there and you know, kind of divvy it up into different levels of quality. And then he would sell it in his, um, he had some retail stores, he had some wholesaling, he had some overseas stores and he did like overseas shipments of like bulk clothing and things like that. And then he also had shops that sold like things that were clothes, like mm -hmm. plates and toasters and all sorts of things. So, so basically I used to work in the factory, which I, I just loved, like I loved the environment, you know, the bad factory music and <laughs> all that sort of stuff that I grew up on and, you know, just um, the people there as well. And then one school holidays, I mean, I loved going into the office. So yeah, if I'm working in the I factory, was it was really you. noisy <laughs> and dusty, not that you can really imagine me in that environment, but that's what I really liked it. And then I remember when I got a bit older, I started going into the office and I was like, Ooh, this is fun. And also as I got older, we, I started also working in the retail um, shops. And so the office would have been my favorite. Like I did like serving in the shop and that kind of thing, but my sister really got into that. Um, whereas I was more like, you know, the back office kind of person. So I'd go in there, you know, when I was very young, I'd go in there and, pretend that I was doing something clever but I'd be really just hole punching lots of paper and um you know using the highlighters and stuff like that and then I started mm -hmm. to learn how to use the computer and so I just loved being in the office and helping you them get organized. organized yeah I remember just yeah like I would go in there and I'm like why are the folders like this you need to fix it and yeah. so I'd go it in and organize the very folders very natural to you <laughs> very natural yeah and so then when I was 16 dad actually said to me I don't I I think it was just through kind of the idea that at the time we thought op shops were a bit dor like dorky like we thought mm. oh this isn't cool but there are cool clothes that come through mm -hmm. so I said to dad could we start a retail shop um selling the stuff that's actually cool stuff that appeals to younger people and so we sort of created this thing we called it insane clothing and we set it up we painted all these murals we had like a piercing studio in there and stuff like that Love and so it. we did this and through that process i sort of started to get into because i'd still do the back office so i'd be in there or you know tallying the till at the end of the day but i would i started to get into like the purchasing side of things i'd be looking at um yeah, just, you know, how much profit we could make and things like that. So I really liked that. Mm. Um, and so when I was around, I think, 13, I did, um, I did accounting at school, like year eight, mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that class. And I came home from that class that day and I said, Dad, I think I want to be an accountant. And he said to me, well, on school holidays, why don't you come and work in the office with the accountant? Try it out. So I, got, I went in there. Which is just so cool you could actually oh, do that, that you had your dad. Yeah, I've never really thought like, about it yeah, like that, but it was what? sort of, <laughs> yeah, 
it was uh, it was really cool. So I went in there and I used like MYOB maybe version three or whatever it was up to at the time. And I was entering checks. He taught me how to do bank reconciliations. And I just thought, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> so I just was like, yes, I want to be an accountant. And that was, you know, that it's sort of, I guess it, it evolved from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, now there's one thing because not everyone knows this, but we're actually mm. in the process of putting off the hook through the Savvy program um, mm-hmm. and creating, you know, off the hook's official marketing message and everything. And you and I have already had like our introductory meeting and yes. we found, I found out something that you said about yourself that I think is, <laughs> has really shaped you as a person and a business oh. owner. And it's something that your teacher said Yes. that when you oh. were in school what was it that your teacher said that has just really cemented into why you wanted to be in accounting um do you remember that was it you have detention at lunchtime <laughs> just <laughs> kidding <laughs> that was another story that was another um, one yes so what he said to me what he said to the class he told a story was it about one about the people that win tats lotto yeah. win the lottery. Yeah. Was that one? That was one yeah. of them. It was one of them. It, it basically, the one I want you to get to is like why you, you know, yeah. businesses being profitable and yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, well, the first thing he said was, he just said, look, the reason that you learn accounting is because people are not good with managing their money. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, um, when it's been shown that people who win Tats Lotto tend to be worse off in their financial position within three years because they don't know how to manage their money. So that was the first thing he said. Um, And the second thing that he said, like he talked a little bit about how, like what taxes get used for and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which was interesting because throughout my, I guess, as I kind of ventured on from there, I found that most people don't know what happens with our taxes. They just feel like, oh, my boss just takes my money. (laughs) And so it was good having that understanding there as well. And then what was the other one? There was one, um, oh, there was a funny one actually, which I haven't told you, but he said about, um, he gave us this example or he said, you know, I mean, I grew up in Frankston, right? So he said, yeah. like, he was talking about if you go and try and sell something at cash converters and they offer you like an interest-free loan or something like that. <laughs> and he was, he, he said, so, yeah, that's right. He said, if I, if you go into cash converters and, um, you know, they're going to give you an interest-free loan on something um, and it turns out that it's not a good deal. Like, is that their fault? Are they preying on you or something like that? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the point of the, um, you know, the point of him bringing that up was actually to do with um, the fact that people make choices and when their choices are uninformed, then they're making bad decisions. And so obviously, you know, growing up in Frankston and, you know, like (laughs) cash converters thing, you know, we can, (laughs) we can relate to that. And so, um, yeah, so I, I sort of found that, I thought that was funny, but I also really, like I kind of absorbed that information Mm. and I had in my mind, I guess I just started to realize that helping people with their money was going to be a way to, like make a difference for people and so then when I sort of connected the dots for business because I was so immersed in business you know helping people make those good financial decisions for their business I knew that that was going to be something that was very important so I thought yeah you know sounds like the job for me yeah I just I love that you it just says so much about you I love that you realize this at a really early age in realizing that you know helping people understand and be educated a bit more about their money their expenses can help them then be profitable and you know if they were tax lotto winners they could actually (laughs) stay rich (laughs) um yeah invest that money (laughs) yeah i just i think it's so interesting that you learn that at such a young age and it really has carried you through so much of your life like even I know today we're talking about off the hook but even just the concept of creating savvy it Mm. directly relates to that as well um I think it's just really ingrained in you and that you want to help people Mm. learn more to make their businesses and themselves happy successful profitable I think it's great exactly I think it's great and it's also 
you know, there's only a few people that have grown up in an entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, mm. And, you know, yeah. it does change the way you look at things. My husband always will, who some of you know, he's, yeah. um, yeah, he's very much like he often will say to me, like, it is so good that you got to grow up in this mm. environment because I haven't grown up with a lot of the limitations and restrictions that a lot of people have on their thinking around, you know, finish high school, get a job, um, work the nine to five, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for someone, I mean, I did not finish high school. So I, but for me, I didn't see that as a limitation, you know, mm. obviously other people can look at it and go, Oh, like <laughs> make a judgment. But for me, it was like, no, I think in a totally different way to, mm. you know, to people that kind of follow that traditional path so I think that's kind of benefited. I think it's great like it really changes the way that you look at things and it changes the way that off the hook can help support your clients because you think yes. outside of the box with them yes. and that's what basically off the hook does you look at it in different ways and then go mm. to them and go oh actually did you know if you did this you would be mm. saving a heap of money <laughs> yes that's right. I think it's and fantastic. I guess from there. So, I mean, it has been a very long windy path to mm, having my own I was business just going to say and that. being like where we're at now, <laughs> very windy, <laughs> um, you know, with some, you know, like big, like big bumps along the way in some, in mm -hmm. some aspects. But I, you know, I did a, as a teenager, late teens, I did a traineeship in um, accounts um, office admin like a cert for an office admin mm -hmm. and we worked, I worked for a company, a manufacturing company while I did that for 12 months. Then they offered me the job like after the 12 months to stay on there. But I decided that I wanted to move to the city. Um, and so I got a job um, through an agency in an accounting firm doing tax returns. And I was like, how did I get this job? Like <laughs> I couldn't understand. I'm like, I'm not qualified for this job. I'm not an accountant. I haven't finished high school. Like how do I, you know, how did I get this job? But within, you know, like within the first couple of years, I was training the graduates and showing them how to do tax returns and things it. like that. And so it wasn't like, obviously I, it, when I was working for dad's business, I'd had a, a bit of a snippet of doing accounts. And so I'd really had, I guess you'd say more accounts payable and accounts receivable experience, but I didn't have actual bookkeeping experience by this stage. It was still just kind of the accounting function, but um, you know, like GST had just come in that year that I did my traineeship. So that'll, you know, give oh, you a yeah. clue on how yeah. old I am. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, like my first job was converting all of the like supplier files over to add ABNs because there was this new thing called an ABN and you had to add them to every record. And so, yeah, so when I moved to the accounting firm, I was like, yes, like this is starting to happen. And, you know, I told my boss I wanted to become a chartered accountant. And so I, um, I waited, to, I had to wait till I was 21 to enroll in uni as a mature age student. So I worked for him until I was 21. Then I enrolled in my business degree um, in accounting at Monash. And then um, what happened from there? So I basically, I started my degree. I did my first um, semester. Um, and then... After that, I thought, like, oh, that's right. When I was at uni, my boss said to me, do you want to do some bookkeeping while you're at uni? Because yeah, it's great. more flexible. You can go out on site with the clients instead of being stuck behind your desk. And I think he knew back then, like, obviously, this was my, like, my own, uh, one of the only nine-to-five jobs I've had. But he knew I wasn't a nine-to-five person. So he <laughs> let me do whatever I want, basically. And so he said, why don't you just go and do some bookkeeping? You can work it around your uni studies. So I did that. And I was like, I'm, I didn't need to go to uni anymore. I was thought, who would want to be an accountant? Being a bookkeeper <laughs> is so good. So, like, don't tell the accountants anybody but I really enjoyed it I thought what's to lose like I get paid more I've got all this flexibility I get to be face to face with the clients whereas normally I never see them I'm stuck at my desk and you know surrounded by accountants and I got to be out there and I, it, again I guess it brought back that feeling that I had you know like 
I still loved being in the factory. Like, even though I'm an office person, I just mm. love that buzz and the, you know, the, the noise and the, the dust and the, you know, the craziness. Sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I found myself doing bookkeeping, you know, I was working for a lot of tradies, mechanics and, you know, like you'd rock up and there'd be like grease on the keyboards and stuff like that. And even though it's like kind of disgusting, like it was sort of like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, back in my element kind of thing, you know, going into these little offices, radios blasting and stuff like that. So it was really fun. And so I stopped doing my uni course and I just progressed along this way, doing basically contract bookkeeping through this accounting firm um, until a company hired me, like they recruited me full time from him. Mm -hmm. So I worked for a public company, sort of went back into the accounting space uh, for about a year and a half. So they were listed on the stock exchange. I moved into an accountant role from the bookkeeping role. And then I, yeah, it was pretty much like I thought, yes, this is my kind of career sort of job. It was like a senior bookkeeper mm -hmm. kind of role, I guess, like taking being the accountant for that whole company. And then um, I got hit by a car on the way to work and broke my neck. Funny <laughs> and how life happens. So, yeah, that's right. And so, like, obviously, I mean, sometimes when I tell the story now, I kind of find it a little bit funny because I feel in some ways like I was really getting off path and this accident, you like, know, no one wants to have an accident. But it was like, yeah, it was like a divine intervention kind of thing. And so I actually ended up, I ended up leaving this job because I had chronic pain for a long time after that. But I went back to uni and I finished my degree during that season. So, you know, I had to get some help from the uni and stuff like that. It was a pretty like tough season, but I just feel that, I don't know, you know, I had things going on in my personal life that were kind of getting a bit, you know, out of hand. And I felt like this interruption kind of like put me back. Mm sort of to where I was meant to be eventually. And so, yeah, so I did end up going back to get that degree. I did end up going back to work for that accounting firm for a, a time. And that's when I realised that was the point where I was like, okay, I could see that the technology was starting to go onto the cloud. And I'm like a huge fan of technology. technology. I was like, this is so good. And I was saying to the, my boss, like, yeah, you know, we get all the stuff because we were doing timesheets on Excel still. And it was, mm. and then I had to data entry the Excel mm. spreadsheets to create their billings. And stuff. Oh, it was a nightmare. And so I was like, okay, let's go. And, you know, we'll get everything in the cloud and we'll set up all these electronic timesheets. And so he was like, yep, cool. So I created this whole, whole project and we went to launch it, like start to roll it over to the staff. And he freaked out and he's like, no, I can't do this. I can't do it. And so, I was like, I, yeah, I got really offended actually, but I ended up leaving and um, yeah, I was like, I got offended with bookkeeping. I'm like, I'm never, I'm never doing bookkeeping again. Like I'm, that's it for me. Like, I think this is the wrong career. And I sort of went traveling for a couple of years. And then when I got back, zero had become more reputable. Um, I was pregnant with my first son and I thought, mm, maybe I'll start a business using zero. And Good old zero. That's what I did. And it just kind of like, ooh, like grew from there. So that was, I think like 2014 was the first time I ever even considered having my own business. It wasn't until I realized like, I'm so held back here and what I want to do. Mm. And I just feel like I can't make the difference that I want to make. Just, you know, having so you weren't do... your own boss then as well. No, no. Yeah, exactly. And now I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh. But at the same time, I do think it's really important. Like the fact that I, you know, served that kind of like decade mm -hmm. as an employee working under someone else, you know, it's invaluable that experience. You yeah. know, I think that is, you know, it, the groundwork is really good to, to be able to launch into having a business. Like, you know, like when you start your business, when you already have a very solid established profession, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much more. Yeah, I think you can you can do a lot. I think it really helps you as well when you deal with certain clients too yeah. because oh, you definitely. look at it from the employee, the employer, business owner, yes. everyone's kind of point of view. So it's yes, one of those things. Right. I've seen you do it when you mentor people where you think about, you can see your wheels turning and then you'll think <laughs> of like a random thing out here where it's like you wouldn't have had that thought process if you didn't go Definitely. through that decade of getting. To oh, absolutely. I was talking to my business coach about this this morning. I said like, I don't fit in any box anywhere. Mm. Like 
everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm always on the like edge of everything. So I'm like the world's oldest millennial. That's my joke. Cause I was born in 1981. So I see like the perspectives of the two, you know, the different generations because I'm not really a part of either or I'm part of both kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm a factory worker and an office worker. So I come into these environments and I'm like, like I'm a bit of everything, but sort of like not, either of it I'm just sort of also I see lots of different things that other people kind of I guess don't notice yeah I think that's really you know helped the business grow these last few years is that you are able to do that and I think it kind of helps oh my gosh and I'm a psycho I just refuse to give up like I'm just (laughs) like so (laughs) stubborn like um you know in a good way like I'm very very persistent like Mm. when things fail I'm like okay let's find another way let's find another way why did it fail what can we fix what can we exactly and then finally once I got you know past all of that like you know sort of fighting my way through that I you know found all you guys built a good team and then Mm. you know it sort of took off from there so but yeah very yeah, very. De- I've been very determined as well. A lot of hard work's gone into, you know, a- behind the scenes of what sort of seems to suddenly turn into something really cool. Like, yeah. yeah. And I love that. That's what I love about bookkeepers in general. I love yes. finding out the story of how they became a bookkeeper. Mm. It's no one's story is the same. And yeah. I think it really, once you can... Except that we all fall into it. Yeah. We all... Like, I feel like I fell into it because I did, I, I didn't, I, I wanted to be an accountant, but I fell into being a bookkeeper yeah. well, and you it just turned out so well. <laughs> it grew to you so much more than being an accountant. Yeah. You know, I think like, it's just so interesting mm. how that always happens. Yes. Um, so thank you for telling that story. I've already <laughs> right. heard most of that. And I, Parts of it. Yeah. There's a few new bits there. There was a few new bits. Yeah. yeah. But um, as soon as you told me, I was like, oh my gosh, we need to tell this to the community because it just it it really explains how your brain works and I think it's yes. really inspiring that you know mm. your process of how you yeah. become who you are yes the next question I want to ask <laughs> and I ask this to everyone I've been doing these um, interviews with lately and mm. what makes off the hook bookkeeping different yes so- everyone in the industry says I'm just a bookkeeper. I just have a bookkeeping business. Oh, gosh. A bookkeeper. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. And you are a, we've just explained so much more than just a bookkeeper, but your yeah. business is also more than just bookkeeping. So yes. yeah. What would you say makes you makes off the hook yeah. different? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually an interesting one. Cause there's sort mm. of two sides of that, just a bookkeeper coin. Like firstly, there's nothing wrong with being just a no. bookkeeper. Like yes. but as in, if you're, if you're literally just straight up, like I just do compliance and I do your best mm-hmm. and I don't do anything like management reporting or budgeting or anything like that. I'm just compliance. Like that's actually fine. I think there's been a wave that came through our industry, like really trying to, mm. um, you know, make people feel like, compliance work is not real work it's that's the crunch work and that it's going to disappear because of automation well guess what it's all still here yeah um and it's not actually going anywhere and so i think you know i don't think there's any problem with that and um i have the problem with saying that i'm just just it's the the way people say it where i'm like no you are not you're so much more (laughs) yeah that's right whereas if you're saying i'm just i'm just a bookkeeper and i'm okay with that versus i'm I'm just just a bookkeeper bookkeeper. (laughs) that's right and yeah and so i guess like another funny side of that coin is that even though i am a bookkeeper i feel I mean, obviously from hearing my story and that kind of thing, I am also not just a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. And when I say not just, I mean, I am not only a bookkeeper. Like in my mind, I am, I am a business owner. Exactly. Just like many of our <laughs> clients, it's like, you know, this is the bit where I try and say, zoom out a little bit mm. and see, you know, if you've built your own business, like you're a business owner as well. So I always position myself. The very first interaction that I have with my clients with off the hook is always that I'm a business owner, just like them. And that, um, 
you know, I always let them know up front that they won't be working directly with me. Yeah. Because I want to set that tone for the relationship. Like, yes, they're meeting me initially, although I don't do initial consults anymore anyway, but I still always set that tone because as some of you know from listening to the bookkeeping project, this is the second time I've started off the hook. I actually closed off the hook to focus mm-hmm. on Savvy and then decided to reopen it. So this second time around, I realized the mistake I made the first time in that, you know, the clients became so, they become addicted to you. Yeah. So I, my my um, plan the first time around was that the clients, would, I would do the bookkeeping for the clients. Mm-hmm. I would build myself up until I was like full up and then I would hire someone and it doesn't work like that because you can't hire someone if you're full. You need the time to train them and all that sort of stuff. So it did, doesn't work. And I, I've made so many mistakes the first time around that I've applied them the second time around. So I've just cut so many corners this time. <laughs> um, so this time I was able to just, basically it's about positioning. It's about when you speak to the client, it's like, I'm a business owner and you know i don't even do any bookkeeping these days the team will take care of that but this is the relationship that you and i have and you know let them know that the part that i do is to help them raise their profit iq that's Mm -hmm. that's the way i like to say it and you know um so which can mean so many things for different people it's not just about you know the bottom line but it's you know about all of those things that being a profitable business mean to them yeah, so I think that's that. the most important. It's what it means to them. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. that exactly. is very important because that's different for everyone, just like it's yeah. different for every bookkeeper. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that makes us different. You know, there is that separation between me and, um, you know, like I, I'm not the, when the client comes to me, we are equals in business. Mm-hmm. I'm not their employee. Yes. You know, the first time around running the business, I was like, I looked at them like as if they're my boss. Like I would even refer to them as my boss. And I was like, oh, that just is so horrible. Well, you think of it like that because what happens is you become part of this team and you're like the payroll lady or whatever, which is a good job to have actually, because everyone loves the payroll lady, but not everyone loves the the, the payroll lady, the vast payable amounts. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so pay lady is always a fun job to be in and, you know, but at the same time, it's like, no, I'm not your pay lady. I'm not yeah. your, you know, you're not your bookkeeper. I'm, you know, I'm not your mum. Like, yeah. <laughs> you do get that relationship and dynamic between clients and the bookkeeper. They treat their bookkeeper like it's their mum or something. Yeah. It's like, no, we're equals and we're both grown-ups and we're here to actually get your business profitable and, you know, it starts with having the bookkeeping tidied up, fixed mm-hmm. up, um, you know, us taking over the maintenance bookkeeping. And then, and then we get in there and I, you know, we'll suggest um, a variety of projects that we could potentially work on with the client and then let them sort of put those in order with priority for them. And we make our suggestions and then we, you know, we just work through these projects with, with the client. Yeah, and I I think that's what I really love about Off the Hook is that it's still very much about the bookkeeping, but then you really can help them figure out the next step, take it that step, and you really help them understand what like their numbers are actually saying. Like um, when I talk to Sharon all the time about you know the meetings that we have, I love her just going away at you know this is what I'm doing with this client this is what I'm doing with this client oh my gosh this is so great it's helping them so much and it just it really helps business owners and it makes them feel much more in control yeah as well and I like I love with off the hook it's they are hiring you Mm. to help them you aren't crawling to them to work with them yes I think that's that's a very big difference and it really echoes what kind of clients you get that's right and it's even yeah like you said it's even like you know as I said before we're coming together as equals but in a way it's even that like I'm the expert in this field so I always make sure I'm very careful 
not to because what can happen is you can go from like mm. I'm you're my boss to the other way around. Yeah, you don't want to like little them. You don't want to be bossy or yeah look down on them because what can happen is a business owner. This was actually like a light bulb moment for me. I always thought like you know. Uh, I don't know. I did a podcast episode about it. I did a one called PITA clients. So how do you deal with these clients? And you'll hear me sharing that, but I had this like wake up call because I did a, I did a one, like a 180 flip, right. Mm -hmm. From being like, you're my boss to like being, I'm your boss basically. And like, Mm -hmm. and what I failed to recognize there is these business owners they're just not good at bookkeeping. So what can happen is we can accidentally view them through the lens where we think they're a bit of an idiot mm-hmm. because of some of the things they do. Sometimes they'll do really bad things and everyone can relate to some of the ridiculous things that clients do. But you have to remember this person is just as much of an expert in what they do as Mm. you are in what you do. And you have to respect that. You have to, because otherwise it comes across as you know, you don't want it to come across like you're talking down to them because that can flip it the other way. They'll look at you and go, you talking down to me, but you're just my bookkeeper. And it, cause it can cause offense. So you have yeah. to be very careful to go to really respect the fact that they are superior to you in their profession, in their space and that you're superior to them in bookkeeping and you come together like that, but you still are like, I'm, you're an expert in this, but I'm an expert in this. And you, you know, you need to have a level of authority with them without being bossy or mm-hmm. condescending. So it's a, it's a bit of a fine line and you, it means you've got such to get to know point. the clients. Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause you're completely right. And it's the same. I, I talk to people all the time and I mentor people all the time in savvy and out and people are always just like, I ask these questions to them to pull things out. And they kind of, I had one the other day. It wasn't from Savvy, it was from someone else. And she's like, I just feel so stupid. I've never realized this. And I was like, Mm. well, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm good at. You're good at this. I can't do this to save my life. That's right. But I can do this. And I'm good at this. And it's the same with bookkeeping. Um, Yeah. And you've got to be really yeah. careful not to overwhelm them because what we don't realize. I was just going to mention. Just like, them. you know, just like I grew up my whole life knowing those things that I'd been taught by my accounting teacher in high school. Mm-hmm. Most people didn't hear that. A lot of people didn't take that in. Most people didn't come home from that, that class that day and say to their <laughs> mum and dad, I want to be an accountant. <laughs> they were just probably like, oh my gosh, accounting, get me out of here. I hate numbers, right? Yeah. So most, it, a lot of the population do. A lot of the population don't find numbers and financial figures. They find it immediately just thinking about it. Their heart races. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the vast majority of people. That's right. And it can trigger people's feelings from high school, you know, people think, oh, I'm not good at maths. And it's like, well, you don't need to be good at maths. Firstly, you just need to take it one step at a time. And I think what happens is with bookkeepers, because we've got so much expertise, what can happen is, and you know, this is another thing that would make us different is we Mm -hmm. don't ram stuff down their throat. And you might not even realize you're doing it. I used to do this without realizing very self-aware and sometimes I even Mm. used when I was truthful to myself and I think I say this in the PITA one clients one as well is that I what I used to do is I used to try and scare the client a little bit so what I I would do is I I would purposely try and overwhelm them a little bit so that they would know that they have no clue what they're doing so that they would you know kind of let me be the boss of that and that is a big mistake like so what we do now is so when a client comes to us okay so you have to realize 90 percent of new clients are rescue jobs right Mm -hmm. so firstly you've got to help them to make peace with the fact that their accounts are a mess and you do it in a way that you know you just say when when people say because they think they're the only one right so you want to let them know i always say to them well it's all right because did you know that like nine out of ten of our new clients their accounts are in a mess at some level so you're normal and they're like and the breath of relief (laughs) to start off with but the second thing that you need to do so then we we do a health check which i have done a couple of podcast episodes because it's amazing 
and I've done a, yeah, I've done a program on it, which has been like very, very popular. And so what we do is we do a health check and it's part of our like bigger picture of our quoting process. What we do is we diagnose all the issues in the file. But from when, once we've diagnosed it, we don't, like we do it in a way where we don't overwhelm them, right? So what we do is we present them. These are the mistakes we've found. But the most important thing is that we take over and get the day-to-day -day bookkeeping rolling over. But some of these things do need to get addressed. So what we'll do is as we get the hang of the day-to-day -day stuff, we'll start to work our way through mm -hmm. it. And then that way we bring one thing to them at a time because if it's, because when it's too much, like you've got to remember when you come to someone and you show them all these things that are wrong with their file, firstly, like the bit, the, you know, that list of stuff, they don't know what most of it means, but the one thing say. they will know what it means, they might think to themselves, oh, but I trusted my bookkeeper or I trusted my accountant. Why didn't they pick up on this? Or my wife was doing was this or my, my husband mom, was doing wife. it, yeah. whatever. And so what's happening there is you've got to remember there's all these other dynamics going on behind the scenes. You don't want to just like throw everything at them. They're completely overwhelmed. They might be traumatized because maybe their brother is their accountant or something like that. So you just got to go, you just go one thing at a time. You know, you just start with the basics, which is they have to, the ongoing stuff just has to keep going, you know, and I know or we more can, is going to pile up more. Yeah, issues. that's yeah. right. And everyone kind of thinks, oh, but I can't do everything until everything before that is fixed. It's like, no, you can. And so that's what we do. We get the current stuff underhand and then we start, you know, going back and reconciling, you know, it's always the GST and the payroll, um, you know, intercompany loans, things like that. So we always go through, we go back and figure that out bit by bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't have to rush into everything. And that way we have a chance to build the relationship a bit with the client before we bring more information to them that might trouble them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've found that's made a huge difference. You know, it, it, I've, I've stopped like, yeah, I used to have a lot of aggressive clients before and now I'm starting to think like I did. Yeah. In some ways I had contributed to that because I overwhelmed them. And in some cases I did it on purpose because I wanted them to, yeah. You, know, you wanted it was them a mistake, to understand but. the magnitude of the issue that's right. Um, but you've got to be, now you have a much, you need wisdom way. in the way that you apply yeah. that knowledge and to them. What happens a lot with people is if things get done wrong and it's yeah. your business, it's very easy for bookkeepers to get their aggression, not bookkeepers, sorry, business owners to get their aggression and defenses up because yeah. even though you're not, you might not be trying to do it, in the bookkeeper's point of in the business owner's point of view, their business is their baby. And anytime anything is found in a fault of it, it's like you're attacking their baby. So they oh, naturally yes. get their Defend. defenses up. Of course, yeah. And that right. just adds to it. So as long as you can And it's money. It. See, the thing is, if you say to a bookkeeper, like if a if a client said to 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 any bookkeeper, like, oh, I'm a little bit you know, nervous about someone being able to see how much money I'm making. Yes. And as bookkeepers, we'd say, yeah. oh, like, we don't really even pay attention to it. Like, we see so many numbers. To us, it's not money. It's just numbers on a page, yeah. right? And so we're just going owner, in there. That's a very different story. <laughs> it's very different for the business owner. And so yeah. what, like, what I've recognised over the years is that money is the most personal mm. part of, like, it's Anything. the most painful and personal part of this person's life. There will be things that your client will tell you that they have not told their partner. Mm -hmm. They have not told their family. You will know things. So you actually, like, you know, we're as bookkeepers, we're in a very confidential position where we do have a lot of information about the client. Um, and, you know, recognizing that to us, it's just numbers on a page, but to them, it's their money. Mm. And like money can make pe money make can make people go crazy. Like oh, yes. if if their money or their financial stability gets threatened in any way, they can flip out, right? So yes. you could ju you've just got to tread carefully and recognize that this is already a painful area. And so I've you know so many bookkeepers have been abused by clients over the years that I've seen you know conversations Absolutely. going on. And this is why because when you start like you know it's it, like poking the bear. It's un. I was about to say, I was thinking bear. of a bear. It's like, if you go up and you poke a bear in the eye with a stick, like that bear's going to get really angry yes. and like try and eat you. So, <laughs> it's, you know? um, so 
yeah, yeah. it's just a different way of looking at things. And yeah. um, I think Off the Hook does it really well. And you've put all yeah. the systems in place that the entire team does that really well, yeah. um, which I think is just mm. really a really great way that Off the Hook does things differently as well is that it's yeah. really ingrained that that's also just the culture of how you talk to clients at Off the Hook. Yeah, that's um, right. I think I've realized over the years mm. through dealing with my own stuff, you know, like when you become a BAS agent, one of the requirements is that you need to have your tax returns up to date. <laughs> so I had an entity which had belonged to my family that I'd kind of neglected a little bit. So I had to sort that out. It's like, it's really confronting. Mm -hmm. It's really painful. And then if someone comes to you and goes, all right, you have to fix all of this right now and you have to pay all this money to the tax office or whatever you have to do, it's scary. It's, it's painful. You yeah. don't know what you're going to be up for. And I think like if you've ever, you know, like been through that situation your, yourself, if you've ever had an overdue tax return or anything like that, like obviously as BAS agents, we're not allowed to. So that's the upside of being a BAS agent. <laughs> yes. You've got to stay on top of it. But before I was a BAS agent, you know, I didn't need to. So I was like, oh, well, I'll get around to it. And going through that experience myself, going through the experience of like, um, you know, knowing that someone else is going to want access to my financial. So for example, when I decided for myself that I needed to hire a bookkeeper mm -hmm. um, and then to trust your clients with, you know, with, with everything, but you know, I can trust my clients to a bookkeeper, but do I want, who do I want seeing my personal finances? Like the whole thing. I've been it through that experience myself as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I, I, I've gone through that experience myself now. So I kind of have that sensitivity towards them. And I'm like, no, you just have to, you know, go. Go yeah. through the motions. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Exactly. I, you know, and also there are, there are about some bad people, people out there. Oh, so there's a minority, but they're the ones that like take all of your time, you yes. know, obviously with off the hook as well. Um, so the other difference would be that we're, we are selective on who we work with. Mm -hmm. We're very clear. I had no target market the first time around. It's like, if they have a wallet and a heartbeat, <laughs> then you know, I'll work with them. Like all I wanted was just to get clients, but you know, what I did was ignore some of the red flags, which now I can see them so clearly. So there are people that I will not work with. Mm. And, you know, we have a pretty good filtering system in place now so that we don't even need to sort of it speak to makes them. They don't make it through to the, yeah. to the initial consult anymore. So it makes a big makes a difference. difference. And it's kind yeah. of like the same process of hiring someone. Like over the years, you've done a really good job of also narrowing down to hire team members is mm -hmm. that, you know, you are picky and you're picky because you're thinking about your clients at the end of the yeah. day. And, and I've got a hectic hiring process, yeah. which I'm, I'm going to be sharing with you guys next. I know. I'm very excited. Early next year. So. Um, but, you know, you do the same kind of process when you're looking at clients, new mm -hmm. onboarding new clients, because mm -hmm. they need to work with you guys and your team needs to work with them equally. And if right. one piece is out of joint, then it doesn't work well. Yeah. that's right. um, Yeah. So I think it's really great that you have, and again, guys, when we're saying that her ideal clients, it's not a certain industry. It's more no. of the type of business and the person. Type of person, yeah. their outlook on their business. You know, mm. one of the biggest things is that they have to, they have to care about their own business enough mm. to want to, like there's a point where, you know, obviously our value proposition for the bookkeeping industry is you take care of the business while we take care of the books. And oh, so, yes, yeah. that, that is true. However, the business owner must take responsibility for their finances and they must engage with it. Like, you know, um, yeah, we, we work with people that want to look at their financials. They want to understand it. They want to dig into specific numbers um, you know, they might not want to spend much time on it, but we still want someone who's willing Something. Yeah. to, yeah. Um, unless they're the type of business, some businesses do not need that. Yeah. You know, for example, we've got some business coaches and models and things like that. And those type of businesses, they just want to do their thing and give it to you. And they don't really need, to, there's not much decision making that needs to happen, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, with those ones, that's that, you know, that's all good. But it, it's still a certain type of person. You know, they, they're people who respect us. They know that they don't know what they're doing and they're happy for us to take over. You know, they, you know, they communicate in a, mm. you know, 
in, in a nice way, you know, they're yeah, easy to get along makes with a big that difference. Kind of it makes a big difference. And I think, Oh my gosh, work with people that you like. That's I the know. whole thing. That's what I do. With, I mean, with the savvy clients, it's the same as what I, you know, what I yeah. do. We do, we work out like what we work with people who share similar values. We work mm. with people, you know, even if they don't necessarily share our values, we like, I like working with people that I like. It's just so much easier. Yeah. Well, it's not even that you like that you have things in common that you yeah. can communicate successfully. Yeah. That's, I think the biggest thing, because if you can't communicate successfully, especially exactly. with what we do, yeah, that's it's, right. it's not going to work. No, no. <laughs> it's, and especially it's, when you're dealing with that sensitive area of dealing with their money. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Um, thank you for sharing all that. Um, oh, I'm loving this episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. The last question I wanted to go through, we kind of spoke about it around about, but I wanted like straight up and ask you so you can give like a straight up answer for mm. everyone is why is helping your clients become more profitable so important to you? And this is kind of a question I kind of, again, I'm cheating a little bit. I want, it's kind of a two prong because it's for mm. off the hook and it's for savvy. Cause this is just mm. everyone. It's so important to you and it's such a passion for you. <laughs> yeah. um, so I thought I'd like straight up and go, why? 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 Well, because I, I guess some of it ties into my own personal journey and some of it mm. ties into the type of work that I've done with clients. Like, so from a personal perspective, and I don't know if this is a, a female thing or, you know, a certain generation thing or whatever, mm. but I think that as women, we feel like we should be in business for something other than to make a profit, right? Yes. So I had a perfect. point... Yeah, that's right. I had a point where I was like, you know, obviously, you know, when I tend to realize things, I go a little bit to like the other end and then I come back to the center. Um, but for me, it was a little bit like, hang on a second. What, like, why am I here? Why, why did I start a business? Okay. Did I start a business to make new friends? No. Did I start a business so that I could, um, I don't know, like be, popular or did I have one or did I do it because you know I love spending all my time in meetings or whatever no it's like none of these things are actually true like yes of course I'm friendly with people you know and if I become friends with people that I work with you know yes that is a bonus but when it when you peel it back it's like why do people start businesses they start it to make a profit and, and so whatever even that means to you, whatever that means to them, it doesn't always mean money, mm. but it has to also mean money. Yes. But the, so for me, the money, I've always put money, money's always been a very secondary thing for me. Like, it, you know, in the days of like contracting, freelancing in bookkeeping, it was very much like if I had the opportunity to work hard or have a cruisy life I'd go for the cruisy life like all yes. the time <laughs> so you know for me it's like okay there's other things that usually take priority but it's like but you need money that's the thing like you need mm. money to keep the business going you need money to you know pay your stuff and buy your stuff and whatever so I think for me I've always seen money as a means to an end mm -hmm. um, you know the money is the vehicle that helps you to do whatever the other things are, which can vary for everybody, but you still have to peel it back and go, the business still needs to be profitable. You know, um, yes, profitable in all these different areas, but it also needs to be profitable in the money area. Like yeah. that is So that it can important. be profitable in all of the other areas. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think it's really um, important. And, you know, people say stuff like, oh, cash flow is more important than profit and all that sort of stuff. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who cares if profit or cash flow is more important? What actually matters? Like, yes, cash flow is important. And yes, profit is important. But what, what I mean when I say profit is that after everything is paid you get your income and your expenses and after everything is dealt with you want something at the end so if you want to call that cash surplus or if you want to call it a profit you know they're both good things and they, they're both very much needed for you know for a business owner to have that it's like if it's not a profit well what is it it's a loss and is that what you want no but the thing is and this really shocked me i'll have to pop the link into you somewhere i read oh, yeah. 
um, the Small Business Ombudsman published something, I think it was 2019, the percentage of businesses that are like profitable is actually, like the, the profitability of businesses in Australia is actually not that good. Um, I might even see if I can just like real quick get it up here on the screen because yeah, it, it kind of shocked me. Like I'm going to just ramble like some random numbers. I won't make the numbers up, <laughs> but it shocked me. So what it, what it was, was that um, there's business, the categories that they report in is that the business makes 25,000 a year profit, mm -hmm. 50,000 a year profit, or more than 50,000 a year profit or something like that. And there's way too many in the lower end of that scale. Mm. So I will look for it. It's a small yeah, business. We will, I'll make sure that that link is in the podcast sure. notes for you guys. So you can take yeah. a peek at that. Cause that is something I know we've discussed that internally, that link quite yes. a bit, cause it's really shaken, you know, and really helped savvy focus on what savvy does because yeah. bookkeepers, help businesses to accomplish this and fix this yes that's right which is exactly. so important that's why you know off the hook it is such an important part of what off the hook does because obviously that's your way of yeah. directly helping businesses yeah um, that's right exactly yeah yeah it's, so it's great yeah it just uh, when i saw that it shocked me i thought how how do people survive if this is their profit like this is not mm -hmm. cool and so, you know, obviously like, you know, I have moved past, you know, in, in the beginning, I kind of wanted to help everybody. Like I'm one of those people that can try and help too many people. Yeah. So, you know, I realized my goal is not to try and help struggling businesses, right? Like I don't want to, you know, I realized, cause at first I was like, oh, I need to help all of these businesses. And then I thought, no, I just want to help the ones that are ready to be helped and that want to be helped and that they're in a position to kind of, you know, help themselves or you know they've got to have a good business do you know what I mean like and this is not I'm going to like relate this to like a really weird topic okay. um, it just hit my head actually mm. um so when you think about someone who is a drug addict or an alcoholic yes they can't be helped until they are ready to be helped yeah so it's humility it takes yes. humility it's the to say same I'm ready. thing I need it yeah, yeah I think right. it's very much the same kind of concept. You can't help a business unless the business legitimately wants to help itself. Yeah, that's right. And it has a lot to do, you know, with are they ready to equip themselves? Are they ready to be a bit, you know, show some humility, yeah. say that they need help? And it's very oddly in the strange way of connecting the dots, the same kind of attitude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, That's right. Um, yeah, it, it is definitely an outlook like, yeah, we wouldn't limit ourselves to a specific industry mm. uh, necessarily, although there are certain industries that we can do a very good job for, but it's yes. definitely a personality, um, a, a type of person, an outlook, an attitude that mm -hmm. that person um, would have. Yeah. For sure. I love it. That's uh, this has been such a great episode. And what I'm actually going to let everyone in on is that I have gone to our community in iHeart Bookkeeping and actually went through and asked what you guys want to know <laughs> about Amy and questions from you guys. And we actually got such fantastic questions that mm -hmm. we've decided to do a whole separate episode yes. going through the questions and really giving you guys the focus and time with Amy to go through these questions because some of them are just, I can't wait for the answers, to be honest. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're going to leave the episode with my three questions and then we're going to continue next week with our discussion yep. and go through, I have right now, one, two, I have four people that have done more than four questions that are amazing. So if anyone wants to put in their question for next week, <laughs> yep, go to um, iHeartBookkeeping Facebook group. If you're not already part of it, join in a part of it. Um, to apply to be a part of it, make sure you answer all the questions because we want to make sure the community is a really healthy and, you know, 
it adds something to you. So we make sure that it's the right people joining. So if you answer all the questions, you'll be admitted. If you don't answer the questions, guys, I can't admit you. It's how it works. So make sure you answer the questions. Go in the um, actual question section is popped up at the very front of the page. So it's easy to find. You can put any any last minute questions for Amy. Um, and I'm leaving it open to talking about bookkeeping, business, ownership, anything. Um, I've got a couple cheeky questions <laughs> that are great. And I've yeah. got some very serious questions that are just really incredible. Yeah. Literally, so, you can ask anything. Yes. So um, if it's something too cheeky, we'll make a bit of a funny Thing about it and they might move on but <laughs> yes. you know ask the question i'll talk about anything <laughs> <laughs> love it so that will be next episode which i'm super excited about but i just want to do a big thank you to amy again oh, for joining us and sharing your story i know it's always a little bit intimidating to be interviewed by someone Oh. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Especially when you are used to Oh, I get way more nervous getting interviewed than yeah. actually hosting. I know, so. it's a whole other topic. So thank you so much for doing this. I can't that's wait for next episode when you answer our clients' questions. And um, great to have you on the episode again. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, as well, for listening. It's good to be back and chatting to you all. Yes. Awesome. Well, until next time, guys, stay safe, sane, and savvy. Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other savvy bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design, or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.